All right, welcome back to the big program. That's kind of going to be my the next one, Duke. Dexie's Midnight Runners are going to be next on the list to follow. Of axing? Yeah, to follow Culture Club. and uh, Yeah, those are going to be. So if you got a request for uh, Playlist Friday, send it in. we still got a couple more breaks to check into. That's going to be the next one. I figured you are going to come in with a country music song for our next guest. I did at the time. Yeah, country but for song our next pro- guest. Oh, I guess I could have done that. Yes, as we uh, welcome in Tim Ellis. To the big program, once again, from CFCW and a long-time Camrose Kodiak's play-by-play man, long-time CFR um, contributor, reporter, whatever you want to call it, and a, a good buddy, actually, too, that I've known for almost 25 years. Welcome back to the program, Big Tim. How's it going? Hey, pretty good. C- can I request Charlie Pride? Yes, Snakes you can. Yeah, hey. which one? Snakes Crawl at Night? Yeah, that's coming up yeah. right away. I mean, I, we have to have it in the library here. <laughs> You're gonna to have to dig deep, man. So, hey, uh, can, can, congrats on a, a thousand games, calling a thousand games in the AJHL recently. Uh, what an accomplishment! You must be uh, pretty proud to to reach that mark. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was proud, and I, I have to uh, thank the the Camrose Kodiaks organization for all uh, all they have done for me. Uh, Boris Rabalka, right through to this uh, new regime, and uh, Eric Croach and uh, and Derek Martin and uh, Brad Holt and everything they did uh, on that uh, that special day, and uh, it was. Uh, it was great. It, it means I'm getting older and older, but still having fun at it, and it's uh, it's been a blast so far. So I guess let's just cut to the chase here with what's happened in the last week or so with the BCHL and the AJHL. Um, I think the number, first of all, it's just terrible for the kids now that aren't playing. That's the number yep. one thing. Timing of this is just as poor. What have you made of the last week or so here, Tim? Yeah, you're right on both accounts. I mean, uh, the Alberta Junior Hockey League, I think most teams at this point were enjoying an increase in uh, in attendance, at least average attendance. I think pretty much across the league, some of the teams weren't, but, but most were. Uh, it, it seemed to be they were getting some momentum. I mean, coming through the COVID years and, uh, you know, that that's still lingering, I think, but it, it looked like we were getting some more people in the building and just, just bad timing, and it's... Um, you know, we've got uh, from those five teams, uh, we now have uh, a statement from them that came out uh, late last night. And so now I guess we've got uh, two sides to this story. We, we've been waiting for the second side to kind of drop. However, we've got two sides to the story, but now you have to sift through and see what exactly happened. But the, the announcement from the BCHL, uh, you know, on January 20th, saying they'd come to agreement with these five teams to, to start in their league next season, really put the AJHL on its back feet, I think, at a time when they didn't expect it was going to happen at this particular time. And now they're struggling to figure out what to do. And, and you're right, the you know, 125 players in those five teams probably caught in the crosshairs and mm-hmm. And the other 11 teams that are left with the news that the rest of these games have been canceled between the teams that are said to be leaving and the teams that are said to be staying, that's going to cost huge revenue. I mean, I was just, I believe something else is coming, but just for now, if this stays the way it is, these cancellations, just quick calculations, these 11 teams stand to lose over a quarter of a million dollars just in ticket revenue for those games not going on. Mm-hmm. Now, they're going to save on some maybe some weekend trips and hotel rooms and meals and stuff for traveling out of town and their away games, but then you factor in beer sales and stuff like that. So it's it's uh, you know we've used terms like mess, uh, interesting. Like I, I there's many terms to call it, but uh, hopefully 
somehow it gets to a resolution there pretty soon, and, and maybe it's a it's a half win win. I'm, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Camrose Kodiak's play by play man and CFCW's Tim Ellis is our guest on Sports 1440. You did mention the release that came from the Spruce Grove Saints last night. I'm just going to read a quick part of it, and I think Tim, what I think a listeners, hockey fans are just confused more than anything. This is from the Spruce Grove Saints. Our five teams uh, remain members in good standing of the Alberta Junior Hockey League, and these are the teams that are going to be leaving the AJHL. Uh, With the AJHL, the CJHL, and Hockey Alberta, plus Hockey Canada. We have not entered into any agreement to leave any of these organizations, or have we made any announcement to that effect? We have full intention of fulfilling our commitments to each of those bodies for the remainder of the 2023-24 regular season and postseason. So that's where the confusing part comes in because I think listeners and people that are following the story go, well, so you want to continue on this year, but you've said that you're going to leave after next year. So they just kind of want the best of both worlds. And I know you're in a difficult kind of position here to expand on that, but just what do you think of what was said by that? And then even to go on what the AJHL has said moving forward by canceling these games. Yeah. And, and first, I guess I'll preface this by saying this as uh, I, I am not speaking for the cameras, Kodiak's mm-hmm. organization. I, I'm, this is my own opinion from my palatial home studio in Hay Lakes. <laughs> so, so I need to get that out there first. That, yep. that you're right. It, it does put us broadcasters in a particular position, but I've been a you know, news reporter for, for some 40 years. So when I get a story like this, you, you dig into it. And I've been doing tons of research lately. But just on that, I mean, so that follows up the January 20th announcement from the BCHL that says we've announced we've come to terms of five Alberta-based teams to join the league for Mm 24-25. And it says the teams have committed to the terms. Now, here's what leads to the confusion. What were those terms? What was agreed to? As far as I know, nothing was, was signed. There's no contractual obligation on behalf of these five teams to, to join BC. So so what was said? Did the BCHL uh, you know, think they had to put out this statement because of, of the rumors that were swirling? Now, obviously there was a leak somewhere. Now, mm-hmm. whether it was intentional, unintentional, by who, we, we don't know all of that. But the, the guess is, the working theory is, that at least some of these teams had been in talks with the BCHL and likely, again, I stress likely, were planning to leave after this 23-24 season after the Centennial Cup. Somehow, this news got out, and of course, that creates controversy. That creates the, you know, it leaves the AJHL, like I say, in a bad position. They now have to react, and and of course, some people are going to think, well, they've reacted okay. Other people are going to think this is the wrong thing to do. And and like I said, I'm sure something more has to be coming. I just don't see they can leave it like this. If they do, they're going to have to revamp you know, the standings, how the playoff works. Like There's a lot of moving parts that still have to be discussed. But with those five teams, because they hadn't said anything to, to my knowledge before this, but last night was the first time they had said, no, mm-hmm. we did not enter into this agreement. So now 
Is the BCHL, did they do that prematurely? Is there miscommunication? Are they, you know, what, and I don't know that, yeah. but it's it's going to be very interesting the next, uh, the next week or so here. Tim Ellis, our guest on Sports 1440. And, you know, Tim, you've heard the rumblings of this happening for a long time. I mean, it came yeah. to fruition last year with BC. They had rumblings about it for a long time. And then to see these teams kind of follow suit. The, the question I kind of have is that two of the teams, it, I mean, it's without question, Black Falls and Spruce Grove have the deepest pockets as far as ownership goes in the Alberta Junior League. I think that's that's pretty safe to say. A, yes. A team like Sherwood Park that says it's kind of basically community-owned, but still, you know, I see the crowds in Sherwood Park. I know how many people are going out, and I know how what it takes to run a franchise. So everything comes down to money, I would think. How how would something like this move forward in the sense that I, I – and I'm, I'm, I'm an AJ guy. I'm, I'm a SJ guy. Everyone knows that. But I have no problem with teams trying to better themselves either under an umbrella of Hockey Canada, which we know has not been totally forthcoming in many, many things. I guess having said that, I, I, I don't know how many more people would go to these games when you're getting down to a Alberta division. Um, that's kind of just my rant here. I don't have a question for you in that sense, Tim, but in your department and where you sit – how would the AJHL flourish and be successful, I guess, moving forward without a lot of these heavy hitters, so to speak? Well, it it, it would make it difficult. I mean, I mean number one, uh, you know, you would be left with, with 11 teams. That is, that is not a very workable number. So now do you look for an expansion franchise somewhere and bring in to at least make 12, similar to the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, like you mentioned, who have, who have made that work. Um, you know, what about the, the competitiveness of the league? Uh, you know, four of those five teams are at the top of the AJHL. So I guess yeah. if you if you look at it broadly, uh, just looking by that, you're thinking, well, it probably leads to more parity with the, the teams that are left, perhaps. Um, you know, some of those are big draws. I mean, the Brooks Bandits, when, when they come to, to different communities, um, you know, like them or, or not, they're, they're one of the bigger draws. So you, so you take that away. So... Yeah, all, all kinds of questions mm-hmm. to that. But in terms of these teams looking to increase revenue and, and put more people in the seats, I I don't see I don't see that. I mean, it, it, it's going to increase your expenses, I would think, by far because of travel. Number one, and and at least one of these five teams, you know, were were in opposition to the new interlock schedule in the Alberta Junior Hockey League because it was going to cost them a tremendous amount more money that they didn't have. And now you're going to travel to the coast at least once, maybe twice during a season to play those conference teams over there in the island and the mainland. Those are huge bills. And it just seems what I can understand is it's the Hockey Canada rule about recruiting 16 and 17-year-olds only within your province. Mm-hmm. And if you're not within Hockey Canada, now you can go out and recruit the best 16, 17-year-olds no matter where they live, including in you know outside of north america yep. which the vchl allows a maximum of two 
Um, you're going to have to have five BCHL players on your roster. At least that's the way the makeup is now, according to the BCHL. So that is likely going to knock some of your Alberta kids off. But, I mean, Black Falls and Brooks have a combined 15 Alberta kids on their two teams. So that's not going to affect them. Um, the Okadokes Oilers have pretty much the Calgary market lo- locked up in recruiting so they can get the best 17-year-olds out of there. Uh, Brooks has a guy by the name of Logan Sawyer from Calgary who's leading the rookie scoring, likely would have been Rookie of the Year this year, who's a 17-year-old. So a lot of this, just when you look at it from that point of view, doesn't make total sense. Mm-hmm. And whether it's just, you know, we don't want to be under Hockey Canada's thumb, we want to try something different, I, I don't know. I'm nowhere near those yeah. boardrooms of those teams that made the decision. But it is difficult looking from the outside. It's the borders, it's the restrictions. Uh, yeah. Again, again, in a lot of these teams in BC, as you said, it's not like they are... Um, nurturing and fostering homegrown bc talent either no exactly right and and you know there's been now some more research done about those rosters in bc and 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 you know really did it make a big difference just because of that and there's also rumors and rumblings that some of those lower bchl teams have or are thinking of asking to join what is now the BC's version of junior A hockey mm-hmm. to go away from BCHL to join back. So is there a trickle down effect to that? You know, maybe BCHL doesn't have 22 teams. If these five go, they might only have 16 when these other teams move back. It's like there's, uh, there, there's a lot coming. <laughs> I don't know which direction it's going. Uh, you know, it's messy, bad timing, <laughs> yep. and it hurts yep. the kids. That's the main thing. And you know what, Tim? Yep. Appreciate you coming on because a lot of people have been asking for answers. Uh, just to clarify, we've asked the AJHL representatives to come on all week. We've asked Sherwood Park, Spruce Grove, and again, they're in a situation where they're trying to well, they just don't want to talk about it, you know, publicly on air right now because yeah. I think they want to see how things play out. But I appreciate you trying to shed a little light, and I think you have for a lot uh, of our listeners. Uh, thanks for coming on, Tim. And, hey, no worries. Yeah, really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for your time. Tim Ellis, appreciate it. Well, Duke, that's I think he answered a lot of questions, and it's, it's again, this is very fluid. There's moving parts. This is, a, I mean, these five teams that – want to join BCHL again the two deepest pockets by far Black Falls Spruce Grove by far there's rumblings that these te- these teams are even helping support some of the other teams with the transition here that I mean those are rumblings those are rumors uh, we'd have to see exactly where that goes I, I don't know and I, I understand the whole process about being able to who have whoever you want on your team from wherever and build it like the Notre Dame Hounds, how's that sound? Uh, when they play in the SJHL, you have players moving from around because it's a situation where the kids get hurt, the, the kids are suffering here, hockey's suffering. It's just not an ideal situation, what's happened in the AJHL, BCHL, and these five teams over the last week. Did you? I saw your mic slip on. Is there something you had to... Well, no, just to, just to add on to what you said, and a big thanks to Tim for, for taking the time, because like you said, I, I understandably so, there's not a lot of word coming out apart from the official statements from the teams and the league right now. Um, but like there, there was a lot of confusion. So, so Tim providing that little bit of insight, mm-hmm. uh, well, a lot of insight really in a short amount of time to, to kind of help give some more clarity at least on, you know, like he said, at least his perspective and his opinion on the whole matter. Mm-hmm. So that's much appreciated. At the end I of the mean, day, like it's... 
it it is like you said. It's unfortunate for the players right now, uh, and for the for the games that are that are scheduled to be canceled. Um, but realistically, like people that say, like, why are they doing this? Yada yada. Like these, they're they're privately owned teams. They can be done with what they want. The 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 yeah. results are unfortunate sometimes, but uh, that's the the bottom line. A lot of it has to do with the rules and regulations with the USHL, and I'm going to use this example, and I know it quite well because it's it, it uh, it's a local guy that played for the Orders, Matt Benning. Okay, mm-hmm. so Matt Benning played a couple of seasons in Spruce Grove, and everyone's going, okay, well, what what are you you're going to stay? In? No, Matt Benning went to play in Dubuque for in the USHL. You can call it whatever, the Fighting Saints, right? Yeah. So he played one season in there before he went off to Northeastern. So there, that's, again, competing, fighting for players. That's what the BCHL wants to do, and Hockey Canada has not permitted them to do it because the rules and regulations. Again, we, this is an argument. You could have 10 guys sit around this table, Duke. You could have guys from... From the Saints, you could have guys from the Crusaders. You could have guys from the Camrose Kodiaks. So those are the three main teams in, that we probably focus on around here. Mm-hmm. I would say just because of who we are, where we are, and what we do. Everyone would have a different opinion of what is going on, what's moving forward, what is good for each team, mm-hmm. good market. Um, but again, it stinks for the kids. It stinks for fans. Now they don't see four of the top five teams right now in the AJHL playing. It's just not an ideal situation. Uh, when we come back, we'll have a little open time. We got a little open text time. Yeah, tons of text coming. We got to figure out what the Duke's going on, the curling extravaganza going on in Delburn this weekend. Plus, uh, Hellgill at ten forty. Nashville Predators. We tee up the final game before the All Star break for the Oilers and the Preds. It's the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. Stay with us. And that's for Tim Ellis, eh, Duke. By request, Charlie Pride, the one and only. Was that easy to find in the uh, CFCW library? Yeah. Top of the list, right? Just yeah, punch it, it in, bang. Yeah, it was. Uh, there wasn't much digging. Uh, thanks for finding The Weight by uh, the band earlier. Yeah, so that, that's funny. So that one came in as a request uh, as From well. From my Aunt Gwenny. Yeah. I obviously know that song, but I never knew what it was called mm-hmm. or the name of the, the artist. The band. The band, yes. Yeah, but I mean like, and because there, there's, there's been like, Covers of that song that have uh, become like um, uh, good Canadian. Aaron, I believe Aaron Perchette did a mm. cover of that song. Um, it had a different name, but well, I mean, the band was one of the greatest bands of all time, Duke. If you know any history about it, and I actually kind of followed them quite extent. They're one of my favorite. Were bands. you one of their groupies? Well, it's a long time ago. <laughs> so, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, but my brother, Kenny, was a groupie for the Stampeders, another great Canadian band. Mm-hmm. Do you remember them? I know the name. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't tell you a song, but, but I know the name. The band was, uh, I mean, mostly Canadian. I think the only American that was, uh, well, okay, well, Levon Helm was the drummer. He was from down in New Orleans. But Robbie Robertson, it was Robbie Robertson and the band. So there's... The Last Waltz is an amazing documentary. There's what Robbie Robertson just died. He just had another uh, documentary about, I think it's called Once We're Brothers or something like that. Uh, another fabulous documentary about how this band came together. And Ronnie Hawkins, the Hawk, do you remember him? That one I don't. Okay, well, it was Ronnie Hawk and the Hawkins was one of the top bluegrass and Billy Goat bands going back in the 50s and 60s. And then these guys came together and they ended up, uh, Rick Danko was on bass. Uh, uh, 
Manuel, Jerry, not Jerry, something Manuel was one of the singers. They they had the ability. They had three or f- three lead singers on the ba- in the band that could have been lead singers for any other band. Do you find it confusing that they're called the band Duke? Well, I found it confusing right off the hop when you're like, yeah, this request, the weight by the band. I was like, what band? And you're mm-hmm. like, the band. So uh, once there's a little clarity on it, it makes perfect sense, of course. But uh, at first, uh, yeah, well, first look at impression. It. Here, Pillman says, uh, oh, Low Tide loves the band. So does my dad. But Alfred goes, uh, uh, Richard Manuel. Thanks, B. That was the guy, uh, the other guy, not Jerry Manuel. <laughs> uh, Alfred says the band was overhyped. Come on, Alfie. But did you see Alfred's text from right before that? Oh, yeah. Is, is Alfred a new... Oh, fr- come a new, on, Alfred. Pay a, attention. A There's a quiz Friday, later. A new Friday listener? Or what? Well, okay, Alfred, you got to send another uh, text in because if you have not listened to the show for the last five months during our last break on Friday, which is coming up in what? Ten, well, f- five minutes, you're Duke, right? Pretty near. Because we got to have Hal Gill on at uh, 1040. It has been... Sonny James, a little bit south of Saskatoon. So, yeah, this is uh, uh, all these people. There's a lot of uh, requests coming in. We only have mm. one left, and it is a reserved slot. Yes. Um, but maybe if these uh, texters, because I, I hand the, the ones and twos over to Donovan for uh, Fantasy Frenzy these Ooh, days. Yes. So it's he's the one on the controls. And I know he's not a big uh, country music guy, so it might take some motivation from the text line to get uh, Donovan to play any of these during Fantasy <laughs> Frenzy. Or... Uh, I will, of course, uh, put them in. I've got an ongoing sheet of uh, Friday request songs, and I can just add them to the mix. What do you think of Matty C's text? Duke, let's get some Keith Whitley going. Nice. Guy's a legend. We've well, played many. Lots of Whitley. How many have we had program? of Keith Whitley? Quite a few. Uh, now, a few. I, although it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. May, tell you what, I'll, I'll, uh, before, I, before I vacate this side of the board, I'll slide a Whitley song sure. in for the top of uh, Fantasy Frenzy. What was the guy's name again? And now I'm drawing a blank that we had in studio, the country guy. and Brett Kissel? Yeah. No, no. Or Aaron Goodman. Aaron, yeah, Aaron Goodman. And his dad was in here with us. Yeah. And we were talking about favorite uh, artists. And I said, well, Keith Whitley. And his dad grabbed my arm. He goes, that's one of the best ones ever. Delta Valley Jeff says... Uh, Hey, boys, great show today. I'll put in a, a request for pl- uh, Playlist Friday. Edmonton Band, Social Code, Song Beautiful. Hmm. We'll have to look that one up. Alfred's just juicing. Uh, <laughs> I listen to your show faithfully. Thanks, Alfred. Appreciate but, it. Uh, not, not, at, uh, not at 1040 on Friday. Well, I think he's just juicing may, us. May, Yeah, I think he's, uh, I think he's yeah, trying to. I'd like to thank uh, B for sending in Richard Manuel for the band. He was a piano keyboard guy. Uh but I said Jerry Manuel. He, oh, yeah. Was yeah. he the uh, former manager of the Chicago White Sox? I think is he? he? I think he is. So, <laughs> you know, and you get... Uh, Vitamin J says, how about the Highwayman? By the Highwaymen. Great song. Do you know who all the Highwaymen were, Duke? Oh, oh, so Waylon. Johnny Cash. Willie. Willie. And was it Tank? I think Chris Christopherson. Right. Yes, yeah. that's correct. That is correct. Mm-hmm. But Waylon Jennings, did you know that Waylon Jennings was supposed to get on the plane with Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper? I didn't know that. Actually. Wow, Duke, we're going way back, and you're you're nailing them. <laughs> the today. day the day the music died. Yes, that's right. You know who else was on the plane? Richie Valens. Right on the tip of my tongue, and I was I was I. Here's the thing. I was like, if I say this and it's wrong, Kevin's just gonna torch me. No, but I, and that, like that was right on the tip of my tongue. And isn't say. it great that we've been hearing the Richie Valens song so often? Yes, and. Of course, the name of the movie was La Bamba. Lou Diamond Phillips did a great job in La Bamba. Remember when they went across the border? Have you seen the movie? 
The movie La Bamba? You haven't seen it? <laughs> no. Oh, dude. Is it in black and white? No. No, 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 no. No, no. Um, no, La Bamba was uh, Richie Valens, the movie on Richie Valens, played by Lou Diamond Phillips. Yeah. And it started about his, you know, he was an American, but he came up from Mexico and stuff like that, settled down in uh, Southern California. And, you know, the song O'Donna? Yes. Okay. So he, you know, he wrote that for his girlfriend and- I think he was only 17 or 18 years old when he was in the... Young love. In, in the plane crash. Alfred goes, the Duke is cool for a young guy. Keep up the good work. Not really that young, Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> for a young guy. Uh, so the the curling match is tomorrow morning? Well, tonight. Tonight. But tonight, if you win, the, you play tomorrow morning. Yeah. Well, you got to win. Well, assumably. I'm 2-0 and on the week. Team without me, 0-1. So who's been your replacement when they lost? Uh, family friend. Uh, so I'm curling with the two of my sisters, two of the three, uh, and then my mother. And then uh, so a, a family friend that we showed cattle against, uh, and she curls, I think, with some of my sisters around some of their ladies' leagues and stuff uh, from Innisfail, Jade Marshall, uh, subbing in for me on Wednesday night. And you're throwing second? I'm throwing lead stones, baby. So you're the top sweeper on the team. Well, 100%. Why didn't you ask Jeff for some tips? <laughs> I was actually going to ask him if he wanted to come and uh, sub in for me today. Wouldn't that be something? He <laughs> just shows, show up. Hey, wouldn't that be well, something? I, Jeff Walker shows up for the 100th year anniversary at the Delburn Curling Rink. So I'd mentioned this uh, to uh, Jeff and Laura just before we, we cracked the mics for them, uh, explaining them where Delburn was. Yeah. And I mentioned them that uh, Karak Martin, of course, Kevin Martin's son, and Karak, uh, uh, mm-hmm. curler himself, um, longtime member of Team Botcher, that uh, he married a girl from Delburn, a girl that graduated uh, with my sister, actually. So very and like very good friends with our family uh, from around the Delburn curling ring. So I think it kind of became a rule that because uh, Car come, would come down sometimes and play in some local uh, local events and stuff. But I think that might have got outlawed because it wasn't really fair anymore, right? So if I were to show up with uh, with Jeff, uh, probably a quick call would be made and Carrick would be rolling into uh, even the scales. We got that text in. Uh, here it is. Back to curling. This is from Big R. This is the best text that we've had this morning. Back to curling. You should have asked who would their fantasy for past or present curlers to join them in the Briar Patch. The oh, legendary Briar yes, Patch. Always a good time there. Scotty's is in Calgary this year. That's the Heartstop Lounge. Yes. Same principle. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yes, <laughs> this is the best question that we've we've had, and I think if some of our listeners wanted to partake, in. at one time in their heyday, you could just send the Randy Furby rink in there. So I, it, it, I was so obviously you didn't give me uh, the same heads up you gave Jeff the courtesy mm-hmm. of about the dream foursome, and you didn't. In fairness, you didn't ask me. I uh, was ready though. Oh, for your dream foursome, my dream, and I was just. What about say, the patch one? You I, should with your question here for the fifth question here That's on today's a, in or out so, so you should, should have the briar patch the briar patch top dream four foursome. dream foursome uh but my answer would be the same and it would be the furby four like that like growing up mm-hmm. that was they they were it right yes. like in the in the early 2000s there of course and and like the great battles with martin's rink um kevin martin's rink like it was uh, alberta was the mecca of curling uh for the men's side anyway uh specifically and like the Furby Four, they they were just the coolest, and you he, you see, <laughs> like we had Randy on the show yes. back in uh, back in the fall, and like it like that's the great thing, and we just saw it with Jeff and Laura, like curlers, they're pro athletes, they are pro athletes as much as people like to sometimes uh, look down on curling a little bit, but they are just like the coolest, most down to earth people mm-hmm. because 
almost all of them come from small towns like Jeff from Beaver Lodge and stuff. It's uh, it's really cool. So I think you could pretty much have your pick of anybody at any given curling event to join you in, in the patch. But uh, I would say to hear some stories from the fur before would be uh, would be all time. The Kenny Hunka rink back in the day could go toe to toe with anyone, you know, in the uh, patch. Uh, Kenny just passed away. Uh, he was one of the all time greats. I'm going to have to ask my buddy Doug Monroe, former part owner of Moe's Sports Parlor, his his top four, because he would throw many of those guys. Uh, you know, Al Hackner, remember the Iceman? Yeah. Al Hackner, he, he would probably throw him in that category. There's a lot. Uh, when we come back, Hal Gill, Nashville Predators analyst, will be our guest to tee up tomorrow's Game of the Day for St. Albert Dodge, Oilers and Predators, coming up right after the break on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Oh, that song just brings a smile to my face every time we close out the week, Duke, uh, from Slapshot. Time now for our game of the day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge. With over 300 new Ram, Dodges, and Jeeps available, 0% for up to 72 months on select models, 0% also available on all Ram 1500s, just only at stalbertdodge.com as we welcome in Hal Gill, Nashville Predators analyst. Hal, uh, welcome to Sports 1440. You're with Kevin Carey. So you must remember that song from all the times you've watched Slapshot. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Sadly, I was—I thought my twelve-year-old son was ready to watch Slapshot, and then I said, "Whoa, whoa, maybe, maybe I forgot about Slapshot." And then I started to wonder when the first time I saw Slapshot was. Maybe. Made me think for a while. Uh, yeah, you're probably going okay. Maybe we can wait till he's about fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, it's it's going to be a minute. Oh, boy. We just got a text in hell from our line uh, saying, Hal Gill, the Vinny DeHarnay of the Bruins, Pens, Habs, Preds, etc. Boy, you guys are probably about the same stature, weren't you? Yeah, I'll take that as a compliment. I actually worked with him when he was at Providence College. and uh, oh. A great kid. But I'm happy to see him doing well. He's... Uh, yeah, I, I I wouldn't put that on him though. I th- I think he's got some quicker feet than I do. Well, but that isn't saying much. <laughs> oh, I don't know. But you played over <laughs> eleven hundred games, Hal. What was that relationship with Vinny at Providence? Uh, he was he was playing there, and I was I was I think it was at the time where I was still trying to play and working out with Providence and kind of jumping on the ice, and you know we do some drills afterwards and. Um, you know that kid was like a sponge back mm. then. He just he was just asking all the questions, wanted to wanted to pick my brain, and and uh, so it was a lot of fun. You know, just kind of working on different footwork things, different uh, positioning stuff. Uh, just you know, just you know, hockey guys trying yeah. to trying to get better, and I was kind of with him in that. And you know, you're always learning, and um, a lot of fun being around him, and and you know, following his career after that, of course. Hal Gill with us on Sports 1440. So, Hal, with the scheduling and things like that, and Vinny's kind of been up for a full year, have you had a chance to reconnect uh, face-to-face uh, being on the road or here or there? I always feel like we get we get in, and then, and then you know, I'm, I'm up in the booth, and he's down doing his thing, so I've never really crossed paths. But, um, yeah, I, sh- I shot him a text the last time we, we saw Edmonton, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was busy. He was busy playing hockey, though. That's what he should be doing, not worrying about old, old thugs like me. Yeah, well, maybe tomorrow after the game, being in an afternoon tilt, last game uh, before the All-Star yeah. break, maybe it'll, it'll be a chance for the two of you to uh, reconnect. Hal Gill, uh, analyst for the Nashville Predators, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Hal, uh, just give us a, an assessment of last night's game for the Predators, a, a 3-2 win in Minnesota. Yeah, they, they had to grind it out. It was, a, uh, it, was a, it was a tough game, man. There was not a lot of room to move. In the first period, I thought the Preds kind of carried the, the 
the pace and uh, didn't get rewarded for it. And then, uh, you know, Minnesota came out, scored a goal in the second, and, and uh, you know, the, the Preds had to battle back in the third. They came out guns blazing and pulled away and made it a 3-1 lead and, and then closed it out at the end. And, uh, you know, they're finding ways to win those games, which is a good sign for a young team to, to, to be in those battles. They just came off a, a really hard-fought game against Florida. And Florida, man, they're good. <laughs> so I think they they got they got tested pretty good by Florida and found a way to win in many. So uh, hey, continue to be tested as as they come into tomorrow. What about just going into a building like tomorrow and you know everyone knows on, on the Predators roster the Oilers have won 15 in a row and have been playing the best of any team in the NHL. Um, what's the mindset do you think of the Predators going into that game tomorrow afternoon? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I feel like the Preds have played better against the better teams just because I think with with the veterans that they have, like, you know, Yossi, McDonough, O'Reilly, Shen, uh, Forsberg, uh, Sissons, these guys guys know the challenge that's ahead of them, and they they prepare for it the right way. But the young guys, uh, there's a lot of them that are – are saying okay, this is I got. It's kind of like the nothing to lose mentality. They're just hey, I, you know, there's no pressure here. We're probably not expected to win this one, but we're going to give it everything we got, and they seem to perform that way. So I think that's kind of the men- mentality that Andrew Burnett has has kind of given them is like, hey, this is a good test. I, I'm, I don't want you to don't worry about winning this game. Worry about each shift and managing the game and doing the right thing at the right time and. And making plays when you can and being smart when you need to and all those little details uh, that they're focused on rather than, hey, this is a must win. You know, that, that must win mentality isn't around the Preds all that often right now. It's, it's more, hey, let's go out and play the right way and we'll see what happens. Hal Gill with us on Sports 1440. Uh, obviously, you played for Barry Trotz uh, when you were in Nashville. But how do you think the transition has been for him uh, going from, you know, being one of the all-time winningest coaches in the NHL to now in the GM chair? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's been good. You know, he's he's a guy that uh, when he was coaching and now certainly as a GM, he, he talks to everyone. He gets feedback from everywhere he's you know, if you're sitting outside a bus, he's going to start talking to you. He's going to start talking to hockey and different aspects of the game and different thoughts. And and doesn't matter who you are, if you're around the organization, if you're a player, he he wants to pick your brain. And he and he and he's very thorough in that regard. Um, I think as a coach, you're around guys a lot more, and you're in contact with the players a lot more. As a GM, I think he's finding that. You know, maybe it's a little bit more lonely. You know, like he, you know, he's not he's not in the day to day grind as much as he used to be. So it's a little different feel for him. But I, I think he's he's still very uh, vocal, very willing to talk to everyone, and, and I think he's enjoying the the, the fact that uh, there's a bigger scope out there. You know, he's, yeah. he's going off to to watch the World Juniors and, and that kind of thing. It, it's just a different a different lifestyle for him, but I think he's adjusted well. And, uh, you know, we'll find out which way he takes this team pretty soon. I, th- I think we're getting to that all-star break where you, you, you see what real GMs, uh, what they're made of and where they want to go and what direction they're going to take the team. So I think we're all sitting and, and waiting, and I think he's kind of enjoying the process, but also knows it's, it's, uh, it's going to be go time pretty soon, and he's going to have to make some decisions. 
Predators analyst Hal Gill, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Hal, when uh, the Oilers were having goaltending difficulties at the start of the year, couldn't tell you how many times the, the name UC Saros uh, came up here in Edmonton because of yeah. <laughs> the situation. Uh, but I, I just was so impressed the way Barry Trotz handled that and kind of saying, well, why do I want to trade UC Saros, one of the best goalies in the league? We got him for another year at $5 million. Uh, just your thoughts on how he handled that and I guess how he will be handling things happening here in the next month. Yeah, well, I think there's, there's you know, I think when you're going through uh, an abbreviated rebuild, or however you want to call it, retooling of this team, he, he wants to give the young guys a chance and, he, you know, he's not necessarily trying to build a team like the Edmonton Oilers that are trying to win right now. Uh, he's trying to look you know, two, three years down the road where he can put a, a cup contender together. Uh, but at the same token, he, he wants to have a competitive team. And UC Saros, you know, for the most part, makes you competitive every night and he gives you a chance. And that's, the, you know, the, the Preds are in a good spot. And, and you have a guy like Saros who wasn't playing great hockey early on, but he seems to have come around the last uh, handful of games. He's been awesome. So, uh, I, I think he, he he gets you in the door. He gives you a chance to win. That being said, uh, I, I think you're crazy if you don't say if you don't leave your options open. If if someone's going to give you a haul and you're going to get a bunch of players that are going to make you better in the future, then you know maybe you put Saros on the table. I, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's silly to say that anyone is untradeable. Um, there's, there's not too many players that have ever been like that. Gretzky got traded. You guys. <laughs> You you guys know it. It it, it happens, and so um, you know. I think Trotz is just looking at all his options, and I think he's really happy to have Saros. The boys love him, and uh, he's loved in Nashville, and and he's a great goaltender, and he's got a bright future here. He's going to be part of that two or three years where they're a cup contender, um, or or want to be a cup contender. So I, I don't think there's any rush to to move him, but uh, you know, there's also. Uh, Askarov, who's playing in Milwaukee, and he's been a fantastic goalie. So he, he seems to be coming around, and and he's playing well and, and growing and developing his game. So there's going to be a, a goaltending issue soon, uh, whether it's uh, you know in that three-year window. It's going to happen. Uh, Askarov is going to want to play or want to get moved. And so there's going to be a problem with, with goaltending at some point. Uh, but right now, Juice is the guy, and I think Trotz is pretty happy with him. You know, Hal, I think of Billy Guerin in Minnesota and his uh, dead cap problems with Suter, Parise. I mean, Nashville's in a tough boat as well. When you think of next year, uh, I mean, Matt Duchesne's hit goes up another three mil. I think next year they're going to be around 12 million or so, just under 12 million in dead cap. How much does that come into play here, too? Yeah, well, it's it's funny because, um, you know, I know Billy Guerin well, and yeah. if there's ever a character guy, um, it would be Billy. He he wants a team that has character and that has the style of game that he wants. So he's willing to, to hedge off the cap in order to get that culture that he's looking for. And uh, I think Barry Trotz was very uh, very heavy on the on the character guys that he wanted to get. And I think Ryan O'Reilly coming in and. Um, you know Nyquist uh, and you know guys like Luke Shen, they've they've come in and that's part of the culture that he's trying to build. So he he shed some some cap off the top, but he's getting the team that he wants to build around. And 
you know, I, I think that's part of the sacrifice that you you have to be willing to make. That's a tough job for mm-hmm. a GM to do. But, you know, if you want to get the, the team right and you want to do it the right way, that's that's the way you you have to do it. And then just kind of bite the bullet. And I think Trotsky's done that. Hal Gill with us on uh, Sports 1440. One more for you, Hal, before we let you go. And you never played in Rogers' place. You played all your games in the old Northlands and whatever. Uh, one of our questions uh, in a segment we have in or out uh, was, due to facilities, crowd environment, and the opportunity to play against the world's best, Edmonton is actually a road trip stop that visiting teams look forward to. Maybe it didn't happen when you were playing, but do you think that mentality has changed now? I, I, you know what? I miss the I miss the ice. <laughs> I mean the old the old ice. Like I've never seen anything like that. I've been I've been on you know the best best ice in the world and on ponds and lakes and um, I always found that the ice was just the the best thing ever. It's mm-hmm. like the, for me to to see the the snow blowing off the ice as you skate around was that that didn't happen anywhere in the NHL. So. Um, yeah, no, I think this is it's become a great spot. It's a great setup for players coming in. You stay at the hotel right here, and you and you got a great workout room. I'm going to go get a workout in on a day off, and I'm looking forward to that. And I, I already had my Timmy's, so I'm Ooh. you know I'm living the Canadian dream right now. So um, yeah, no, this is, it makes it a lot easier when you don't have to walk anywhere and you don't have to go out and too far in the snow uh, but it looks like a beautiful day here so oh. i'll take this as a good stop yeah it's a, it's a good weather this weekend uh and one last one for you Hal. just what does nashville what do the predators have to do tomorrow to end this winning streak this 15 game heater that the oilers are on well it, it, yeah i guess it goes back to uh to, to playing uh carefree go for it make it happen if you make a mistake it's you know there's going to be mistakes out there they're just got to kind of power through them when the Preds are playing their best hockey uh they're playing a, a fast game and 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 it's you know they struggled with it in a little bit last uh, last night where they you know they hemmed and hawed of which way they're going to go with the puck when they're playing well they snap it and they have more often than not two options that they're looking for and two options of speed mm-hmm. and so they they battle and compete and they work as a unit of five but they, they once they hit the trigger and once they get that turnover, they're usually countering quick and they're moving and there's a lot of uh, crisp passing and, and they're going to need that. Then they need to play fast and not just one-on-one speed. I'm talking, you know, finding the odd man advantages when they can and trying to capitalize on it. So a big test, mm-hmm. but um, I'm excited to see what they can do. Hey, thanks for this. Get that work in, workout in, Hal. Uh, maybe we'll see you down at the rink tomorrow. Thanks for coming on. I'll go get my pump in. Thanks, guys. <laughs> That's uh, Hal Gill, Preds analyst, uh, and uh, great for him coming on to set things up in our game of the day. Brought to you by St. Albert Dodge, an industry-leading 4.6 Google review rating. Head up the trail to St. Albert Dodge. See how easy it is to do business with the great people. And check them out at stalbertdodge.com. Sonny, send the text in. Sonny, we talked about this uh, earlier in the show. Uh, how about a happy birthday to Wayne Gretzky? Yes. And the reason why it's a big day around here, Sonny, it's our 99th show. Can you imagine that, Duke? 99? Well, here's the thing. I was going to mention this right off the hop. No, I, you're not. No, 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 no. I didn't want to no, spoil no. the thing. Don't that it bring co- that in. It lined up with the 99 and 99, but this is our 100th day on air. Um, but uh, 
No. The the one day that you you do not count the day we ran the best of. That's right. So today is I the think one. You got to be. We're coming today in uh, about five minutes time. Will be the one hundredth. There you go. Version or episode of Fantasy Friends. You have so to be. That? In attendance. Well, I was. Uh, yeah, but... And you were in spirit. Your voice was on the airway for four hours, just like it is every day. But it is Wayne Gretzky's 63rd birthday. Very also, cool. my neighbor, Olga Natchik, her 90th birthday today. Wow. So we're going to have a little diborgia, and we'll have uh, a big party for her on Sunday as well. There we so, go. So happy birthday, Olga. I, I, I don't know if I ever knew that Wayne Gretzky was only born two days after me. Really? Yours is on Sunday? No, it was on Wednesday. Why didn't you say something? I I, I, I don't usually. This I, is I, number 29? Yeah. Wow, wow. So uh, that's... Happy I, belated birthday, Duke. Thank you, Kevin. There'll be a, a few extra uh, brews maybe had at the curling tonight. <laughs> extra? To, to celebrate. Come on, man. I don't know how, how you can go extra on infinite or way too many, but there'll be some extra. Duke, I'm going to find out a way somehow to buy you a beer tonight <laughs> yeah, at the Delburn <laughs> Curling Club. If well, I have to phone there... And send in a whatever. I wonder if there is still a phone on the wall. I didn't even notice when I was in there. It would be a rotary dial. Yeah, that's what it used to be, just like on the side of the wall in the uh, the arena too. I think that one's still there, the rotary one in the arena. Thanks so much to our guest today uh, to wrap up the week. Uh, Mel Davidson, Mark Spector, Howard Balzer, Laura and Jeff Walker coming in studio. Just amazing to chat with them and then Hal Gill. And, of course, how about Eddie Steele? Hurting Eddie Steele gets it done. Comes in studio, didn't matter. And Eddie Steele, of course, brought to you by Bonton Bakery. From your daily bread to celebration cake, you can order online at bonton.ca. Bonton has that and everything in between for all your baked good needs. Another great week. Had a lot of fun with you, Duke. I want you to really concentrate tonight. Concent- concentrate tonight on your intern. I've heard it's a it's your weak part of the game. <laughs> I actually think my out turns worse. Oh, really? I think, yeah, like... And here's the thing, curl my whole life. I actually don't even think I know. Like, I obviously look at the broom. I know which way to throw the rock. But like, if you're to say, yeah, which way is in turn and out turn? Like, I I think of them as underhand and overhand. Oh, oh geez, here we go again. <laughs> so, but it, you guys but anyway. can you you and Connor can answer all these texts coming up on Fantasy Friends. Yes, we'll do. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update with the lovely and talented Donovan the Intern. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here on Monday morning.